Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out this week's episode of the One Man Podcast. It's always free and available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, and many more, as well as on the web at onemanpodcast.com. So please, whatever platform you're listening on, like and subscribe. Uh, while you're at it, give it a rating, leave a review. Why? Because it helps the podcast, and I'd really appreciate it. How about that? What about social media? Search One Man Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's going on there. Get a little extra content for yourself. And finally, to get in touch, please send your emails to contact at onemanpodcast.com. You send it, I read it on the podcast, that's the deal. Thanks for listening, guys, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. What's up, everybody? This is DJ DeMers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 166 for Wednesday, July 15th, 2020. How's it going, onesies? You guys having a good week? Enjoying your lives? Everything is fantastic for you? Is that a word? It is now. Um, oh, man, I've had a, a week here. I'm looking at a big, long list of stuff to talk about here and hoping that any of it's interesting. Uh, you know, I... I did more of those vacuum installs. I built a gazebo. I had my last therapy session. Uh, I watched I watched a bunch of stuff on while I was uh, completing all my tax prep. I haven't got them filed, but man, I've got all of my data compiled, which is the worst part. That's basically whenever I say I'm doing my taxes, most people are like, well, how does it take you so long? It's not so much the doing them as it is the organizing all of the data so that when I sit down in front of the computer with my tax person, I just go bing, 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 and I have all their answers for all of the different areas with all the different jobs that I do and all the different expenses and all that. Blah, 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 blah. Um, what else? I went to my pal Mika's place, saw some friends. Uh, what else? I got some new aligners, been watching some stuff on Netflix. I'm going to yell about a stupid robot in the house. Uh, I got a potential new job. Absolute comedy is opening this week. All sorts of different things to talk about, guys. So let's get right into it. I'm going to just finish off by saying that um, I did uh, some more of those vacuum installs. I got one more to do uh, tomorrow slash today when you guys are hearing this. And oh, yes, that's right. This will be the first time that the podcast is on time in quite some time. Um, so uh, happy about that. Look at this back on track. Um, been going into Best Buy's. And, uh, and installing these, these vacuum cleaner displays, uh, this company's not paying me anything to say their name. So fuck them. Uh, <laughs> but if you're in the audio, uh, audio, Ottawa area, that's what happens when you try to, to talk too fast. If you're in the audio, that's, uh, slamming them together. Like a, like a two drivers that aren't paying attention driving towards an intersection, huh? Kaboom smashed right together. If you're in the Ottawa area and you happen to see, uh, some vacuum cleaner installs that are not Dyson. Uh, that's the ones that I did. So, uh, I got one more of those, but I'm going out of town to do that. So, uh, you know, getting, uh, taking this, uh, this demo build and show on the road, you know, they gotta, they gotta outsource. That's, that's how much everybody wants to do this job is they only have one person in the entire Ottawa Valley area who's willing to do anything. So I'm going, getting in the car and heading to the cornhole. Be in Cornwall, Ontario. Uh, speaking of which, this comes out on uh, Wednesday, July 15th. So big happy birthday to my buddy Mika. Uh, recently, I went to, I've been talking about going to his place for bonfires and stuff. Well, uh, it is his birthday today. 
and uh happy birthday big man if you listen to this um it is uh, we talked about uh him coming by and us having a cigar on the back porch and a whiskey to uh celebrate his birthday so uh yeah hope that happens uh, i'm waiting to hear back from him to see if that's still a go but um hbd to that guy um so yeah i did both these vacuum installs i gotta tell you guys um i have been i've worked in retail for years i've worked in all sorts of different kinds of displays and stuff uh these displays that i built it was like a two-man job and uh no shit i gotta say no shit it was a two-man job because these things were death these things were absolute monstrosities um I don't know if you know anything about retail. I'll try to keep this very short because I don't really even find it that interesting. I was just fucking terrified. Um, what I was doing with these small displays, you go into like a Best Buy or something, you'll see there's racks. Same with Walmarts and all that. They got racks. And if you've ever worked in retail, you kind of know that like behind the shelves are like hooks. And it's like these these peg walls of hooks. So you basically just take a shelf, you figure out what height you want to put it, you lock it in, slap it down, kaboom, done. Well, the... Uh, the shelves that I'm building, same idea, um, but they're shipped to us with like pre-installed things for the demo. So they're metal, they're still big and heavy and all that stuff. I was doing these half ones where I was actually able to install the shelf. And then on top of that shelf was a separate piece that I would still hook into the same, um, the same hooks behind. And then I'd screw these, these vacuum loops to them and feed them through and blah, 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 whatever it's, it's done the vacuum installed. Well, these big ones that we were doing is they were like, uh, it was all one piece. So, well, theoretically when it's finished, it's all one piece. So instead of installing a shelf and then building a back, you know, afterwards, these things were shipping where it was like this giant metal backing. And I mean, giant, like four, three or four feet tall. I'd say three feet realistically tall. I mean, no, actually about three and a half, four, it doesn't matter, but all metal. All right. And not like a little tin aluminum, like steel. And it was about four feet wide and a good six inches deep. So you're like lifting all, like, look, think of it as like a metal skid, a big steel metal skid. Imagine lifting that by yourself. And then the way that this thing was designed to be uh, put together is instead of taking this big wall and then like installing it into the, the, the clips in the back, and then you can build the shelf portion that holds up the vacuums. No, no, no. Instead, you got to take and, and install the shelf into this thing. And then, and then because of the nature of how everything's installed, then you got to put all the vacuums on it and lock them down in place. All of this before you've lifted it up and hooked it onto its back. So me and our, my, me and my other colleague there for these big ones, uh, we figured it out on day one, we were like, what the fuck? So we get all this stuff put together and we go to lift this thing. And this thing's like over a hundred pounds. And I, I, the, the only thing that I can say this is akin to, I mean, and, and there's, there's more difficult examples, but if you've never done this, um, it's, it's going to be hard to, to envision. The idea is too, is like, if you take one shelf out, you still have shelves on either side of you. Do you know what I mean? That are still like directly hooked into these same holes. So like you can't just walk sideways and carry this thing up and hook them on. There's shelves in the way. So what we had to do was uh, at first I, I like we tried lifting it together and it was awkward the way it was. It had kind of like loose sort of swaying vacuums on it. And then the shelf at the bottom is angled downward. So when you're holding the bottom of that, you're almost inadvertently pushing 
the wall piece backwards. Like you're putting it at an angle. And this is the kind of thing that you need to like put into place and then hook down. I'm trying to think of anything else that's like that. Sometimes when you're hanging a picture, you need to like come up and over in order to get it down. So if you just, if you just put it flat against the wall, it's not going to hook over the thing. I don't know. It may may be a bad example, but, but you you know how difficult it could be to try to fucking hang a a picture with like a loose string or something, or sometimes those pictures that have the pre-drilled holes in them so that you kind of put it in and then slide it sideways. Like (laughs) even those, they're not, they're not, they don't weigh a hundred plus pounds. Imagine trying to hang a picture that's a hundred pounds all by yourself you know, that was like top heavy or something like that, that had like a, I don't know. Anyways, this was the first time in all of my years working in retail and building displays and everything like that, that I was legitimately scared for, you know, like, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to, we're, we're not gonna be able to get this in. Like, we just can't lift it. There's just, it's not even a matter of more people. It's just the way that you get it. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to have to get underneath this thing. So when we lift it up, at least I'm underneath it and I can see sort of where the hooks are. Cause the shelf is like above it. Right. Anyways, got underneath and I was able to not die. We got like one side hooked and only the top part. Eventually what we had to do is we had to take this thing back down. We had to remove the two, both shelves, which means we had to take all the stock off from both above and below lift these shelves out so that we actually had clear walking space to hook this thing on where we could actually both stand on one side of it and then hook it on. But it was, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And then the next day we had to do another one, but the way it was, was like, we had like a freestanding fridge wall next to it. So we couldn't get close to it to save our lives. We just got incredibly lucky when we hooked it on. It took us like three or four times to try to hook it in. Okay. Is the top on on your side? Yeah. Top's on my side. Is the bottom on your side? No, bottom's not on my side. Fuck. Okay. Let me lift it up, lift it up. Oh, don't break our backs. How about now? Is it in? Is it in? No. Oh, it's in at the bottom. Okay, great. Oh no, it's out at the top. Fuck. Anyways, that kind of shit. If you've ever been in that, um, then you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, either way, we got them done. It was uh, it was rough. It was rough, but we got it done. All right. And then what did I do to celebrate um, my horrendous backbreaking thing was I, I went on one of the hottest days of the year and I went to, to build that gazebo that I bought with my mom. It was crazy hot out. It's crazy hot. And, uh, I guess the box had been left in the backyard. Uh, they, they, they delivered it and they don't do, uh, any stairs or whatever. So they're like, okay, we do, we, they call it curbside delivery, but they'll bring it into your backyard. So they brought it into the backyard. And then when I got to it in the afternoon, like late afternoon, uh, I guess it, the, the metal was, was hot as fuck. So we did like move it into the shade. It was funny. I trying to tear the plastic off the posts was almost impossible. But if you grabbed the plastic and tried to carry it by the plastic, the plastic would rip instantly and drop it on your foot. Uh, you know, theoretically. No, I fucking smashed my foot real good. Again, I trying to tear the plastic off was such a labor, but to just grab the plastic because this stuff was too hot. Oh, that made me fucking mad. I still have this horrible like ring from the bottom of it. Like you go to pick it up by the plastic, plastic rips instantly. Not like poke your fingers through it and try to tear. Nope, just grab the plastic, a mitt full of plastic and, and pick it up. Nope, it rips instantly, falls through, smashed my foot. But, and I don't give a fuck if you think I'm complaining too, by the way. It's complaining. Yeah, smash your thumb with a hammer, all right? Stub your toe or drop something on your fucking foot. That's that, like I said, five times trying to rip these things open wouldn't come. But then the second I'm like, fine, then I'm just gonna hold it by this plastic, rip, smash. Of course, why would the five time precedent continue? Why? Because it hurt. I it wouldn't, uh, whatever. 
Yeah, I, also, it was horrendously hot outside, and I'd already been building uh, drop on my fucking head and kill me uh, shelves already that week. So, or that day, I should say. Yeah, that was literally the day where I'm like, this thing could just fall and crush me, and I'm dead. It, it was really like, the the most worrisome I've ever been uh, ever. But um, my mom, with really bad shoulders, uh, was able to help uh, you know get this thing up. So, you know, it was it wasn't didn't take too long. A few times where I was like fuck shit, fuck cunt cocksucker. Uh, but <laughs> I got it up. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's very, very happy. So it's that it's a, you know, 10 by 10 gazebo with the bug net and all that fun stuff. And I'm glad that we were able to do it. Just the two of us. So very accomplished day last Wednesday. Um, I did my last, uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? I wrote that I went to Costco with my mom. Nothing special there. We just looked at, you know, we went to the one on the Quebec side. So we were able to get some Alcomo hall, um, what else is of, of talking here? Um, I did do my last therapy session and as much as it's funny. Cause I really, I really, really enjoyed, uh, talking with this therapist over the course of, you know, the, the, the pandemic we started, you know, a month before everything got shut down. And basically a lot of my a lot of stuff we were like kind of work trying to work on was like my career goals and stuff, but very difficult to do. Like, Hey, let's get my entertainment career goals, you know, in focus here when, when everything's shut down. So, um, it was always meant to be, you know, a certain amount of sessions and, and, you know, see where we're at in the end and see what kind of growth we've had. And I've had a lot of growth, uh, through therapy. Uh, I'm very grateful for it. I enjoyed talking with them. Um, I, I have some things to work on. And he was kind of asking me like how I felt about the whole thing. I was like, good. We didn't really get to some of the stuff because you know, just the nature of the pandemic happening and everything. Um, I almost blame myself. You know, I tried to better myself after all these years, not going to therapy, I started therapy. And then there was a worldwide pandemic. My bad. Whoopsies. And, uh, but no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm reading books, you know, like I always do. And I just enjoy being able to talk out my shit with somebody who is interested in listening, uh, who has a little bit of insight and, and stuff on it. Um, it's funny because, uh, well, I, I mean, I, I use it to transition cause I don't have a lot to say on it is, uh, my, uh, my good friend, uh, Mika, his wife, Mel, my buddy, Jimmy, his wife, Alex, uh, their four children combined. Um, we all had like a, a meal on Saturday, which was nice. I believe that we were doing it in honor of Mika's Mika's birthday coming up. And, um, it was nice. It was nice to see my friends kind of everybody all together. A lot of kids. Um, it's funny cause, cause Jim and I kept kind of moving around at times to, to try to get a little bit of silence. Not a lot, even just one kid would be great, but it's like every time we moved, I don't know if it was deliberate or not. I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that the wives did not do this deliberately. Um, but like every now and again, we'd like to take one of the kids, like they brought their dog, which is part hedgehog, I think. Um, Jimmy's, Jimmy's dog is just big and old and, and dying of heat. It was running around and it was dying of heat. So we were trying to bring like the dog inside. We brought like one of the kids inside. So it's like, all right, we're taking, we're, we're taking care of two, two over here. All right. There's three and there's three of you and we've each got one thing to look after. We got this. So we're just moving around a little bit. I was trying to kind of see how Jim was doing. We were trying to catch up a little bit, but just everywhere we went, everyone followed us. Didn't matter if it was inside, out in the back porch, out in the yard, wherever we went, everyone would just follow. And it was funny because they would follow long enough to bring all the kids over and then fuck off again. Um, now, if we had been asked to watch the group, 
uh, the entire group, I would say, uh, wouldn't have had a problem with it, but it's almost just like, I don't know. I, I, I get that I'm not a parent, uh, you know, at the moment, um, I have had my time in the trenches and, uh, I don't know if they, I, it's funny. Cause now that their kids are kind of walking and talking, I'm like, yeah, this was the age that, that, uh, you know, Brody Michaela were when I, when I started seeing them and I'm like, I, I get all of this, but Jim and I would, like I said, we'd have like one, which we could watch very manageable and the dog. No problem. We're trying to catch up a little bit. And then everyone would kind of come in. All the kids would, would come in and then all the other adults would just leave. And now we're watching a ton of kids and it's like, okay, what the fuck is everybody else doing? Or sometimes everyone would just come and stay, but then it was, it was impossible to, to have a conversation, but such as life with children, kids are great. There's lots of great things. I just, uh, segue from the, the therapy thing. Cause, cause my buddy Jim seemed very interested in kind of how it was. I don't know if he's considering it himself or if he was just fascinated or what, but you know, we would start chatting a little bit about it and then it was just kind of like blah, blah, blah. And then, and the funny thing too, is when you talk about psychology, people really like to, you know, uh, give you their thoughts on it, which is great. I love to hear it, but, but I, I it's so, it's so interesting to me. Um, you know, you say, well, there's this thing about psychology, blah, blah, blah. And then people are like, nah, I don't think so. It's like, okay. I mean, I don't like, there's no point in arguing it, but it's just so funny. Like I've, I've learned so much about myself studying psychology and, and it's almost like I, I, I say it's akin to like riding a bike where as much as like, that's an overused metaphor, it really is like, kind of like, almost like don't you, you would almost have to try really hard to fall off a bicycle, just stationary. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so much about the balance and everything like that, that it really, it's really hard to just forget something. And there's so many things I've learned about myself about like anger and frustrations and insecurities and codependencies and things like that, that like knowing them with, with psychology, it's, it would be really, really hard for me to go back to being the person that I was before. I still have a shitload of my baggage and stuff. But just to, to be, to be the person who didn't understand a lot of their actions before. So it's kind of funny too, because I, I was trying to sort of talk about the person that I was before with Jim as well, and sort of things that I've learned through therapy and just things I've learned in general about myself. And it's kind of funny. I mean, I mean, it's been the, the issue with me. It was also something that in my last relationship, I, uh, I struggled, I struggled to express because sometimes you know, like if, if somebody asks you like, Hey, remember back when we were this, you know, and, and you know, this used to happen. Or if you're like, Hey, when we were kids, I used to do this and you try to explain where you were coming from. It's funny. People will like argue with you. Like you're, you're trying to, to justify it or like you still believe that it's like, no, I, I don't think that way. I'm trying to let you know where I was at the time. I thought that was the whole point of this conversation. You know, we're, we're talking about the issues that I used to have and I'm expressing that back then I was like this and it's just sometimes discussions will, will taper off and you're like, well, that's not okay. Cause I'm like, yes, I, I understand that I'm trying to say that it's not okay, but sometimes it's still like, I find it very insightful to know what was going on in someone's head at the time. Like, have you ever watched any documentary fucking ever and see people go like, Hey, so, you know, what were you thinking that day? You don't go, Hey, what do you think right now? It's like, no, it was, it was different then, but what's still interesting to learn the insight back then. It doesn't mean that I still think this way. It just means at the time, this is what was going on with me. Right. And so when you try to explain where you're coming from, you know, um, it's interesting too, as a matter of fact, uh, as an acting method, a lot of time, like people say like, Oh, do you want to know, you know, what do you, what do you want to, what do you want to see happen next for your character or this, that, or whatever. Sometimes it's just interesting that a lot of, a lot of actors, like they don't want to know where the character's going. They want to know where that character has been. 
because that's more essential for them to play the characters to know what that person has already been through. So there's more to gain by by exploring someone's past than sort of just going, oh, I hope this happens in their future. Um, regardless, regardless, that was just one of the things I've noticed when people ask about like therapy, like, you know, what have you gained from it? It's like, well, I'm trying to show a contrast between who I was before and who I am now and some of the things that I've learned. But as soon as you start saying like what you were and how you did things, like people want to argue with you, like that's what you think now. And it's, it's interesting. It's, it's like, I can't tell you the growth that I've had, you know, you can't measure success unless you know what failure is, but that doesn't mean that every time, like, that's the thing too, that you learn with therapy and learning about psychology is there's so many people who are not out there, you know, like there's, there's, there's arguments that there's no such thing as good and evil, right? It's like acts and things like that. But when you, you understand like what's driving people, if you understand intention, again, it's got a lot to do with the whole climate of, of the world socially right now is nobody seems to pay attention to intent at all. It's just, this is what you said. And this is what it means. And then it's like, you get everyone else that, 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 creates your intent for you. And that was a big issue that I had in my life is everyone thought, you know, you were trying to do this, you're trying to do that. And it's like, no, I'm not, you don't understand me. And that was obviously, and that was also a big source of, of fear and stress and anxiety for me was feeling very not understood, right? When everyone tries to just sum you up and put you in a box, it's like, no, nah, that's, you know, that's not me. Well, don't argue with me. Uh, okay. I'll just be whatever you think I am. Um, so anyways, <laughs> Yeah. So therapy was good. <laughs> um, I, I've enjoyed, uh, you know, I, that was one of the biggest things that I said with, with, uh, my, my shrink too, is I was saying like, it's nice to talk to someone who kind of under who not kind of, but, but essentially who understands all of the things that I'm trying to express as opposed to like arguing with, with them. Um, and again, I know that my friends going back to like what I was saying, but I haven't trying to just sit and have a conversation with my buddies is it's not, uh, you know, it's nice to, to, to have serious conversations with people, but when, you know, when the people that you're talking to don't have the skill set, nor should they, right? There's no, there's no training in it, but when people that you're talking to don't have the skill set to understand, respect, assess, and, and get it, like, um, we had a great time. The meal was fantastic. Thank you, Mika. Thank you, Mel. Um, everything was fantastic during the day. And then when, uh, when Jimmy and Alex left, I had a chance to speak with, with my friends, uh, you know, Mika and Mel, and I kind of, you know, we were chatting about stuff and, and it carried over. And I think here's the thing. I think they really do care about me, but it was, it got a little dark when I was trying to express some of the things that have, have held me back over the years and things that still continue to hold me back. And it's just tough because every there's like mental illness is so much more understood now than it was years ago. And there's varying degrees of mental illness, just like there's varying degrees of addiction. There's varying degrees of people on the spectrum. Like there's so many different things and we're not, you know, we're not aware of it and we don't have the skills to deal with it. A lot of us. So the idea is like, like I said before, like people's level of understanding of someone with mental illness was, oh, that guy's crazy. Well, now we know, oh, that person's autistic. Oh, that person has Asperger's. Oh, that person has, you know, dementia. That person has uh, anxiety. Like there's all sorts of different things that help you understand where someone's mental state is taking them. And, you know, we, we have a better understanding of things like depression. I used to be one of those people that was like, oh, you're depressed. What? You can't get out of bed. I feel sad. I don't want to do anything. Like I used to be so unsympathetic, so unempathetic about it. And, and then now realizing that I struggle with depression at times, like it's, it's, 
to me, depression was like lying in the fetal position in your bedroom with the, the blinds drawn and just those little cracks of light scattered over your body while you shudder and just think that everything sucks. But it's like, it's different because, uh, I've basically kind of figuring it out myself. Like I've had different times where I'm just like, Oh, nothing. There's no, nothing I'm excited for. Like if I could have anything I wanted right now, there's just nothing that I would want. And I don't mean like, Oh my God, I have everything I need. I just, I don't know. I mean, it's like, no, I'm unhappy with my position and I don't, I can't think of a single thing right now that would make me feel, feel better about it. And people, even just in a recent conversation I had with some people about this, people still hear that and somehow think that it's just a choice that you think that way. You know what I mean? That they're just like, well, you just gotta, you just gotta move forward. And you just gotta go, I'm going to do this anyways. And it's like, it, it just doesn't work like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like somebody who's crippled and you go, you just got to send those signals to your legs and just pick them up. And I'm like, you got to, you got to think, Hey, maybe that's something. Maybe I'll submit that. I'll write a nice big article for a medical journal. No, but it's like, you got to understand that sometimes it really is just like that. It's just like you've been emotionally paralyzed and the signals that you would send to that part of your brain that can, that can pick you up and make you go. You just got to understand that right now those are severed. That's the best way that I can think to, to describe it because it's, it's like, even in those moments, you're like, I don't want to feel this way. Do you know what I mean? Like I, you, you, you're consciously aware, like, I don't want to feel like this right now. It sucks. And I just don't, but you can't, you're like, well, you know, let's just get up and get, let's put a smile on your face. Like just sometimes you can, it's, and it happens to everyone. That's the funny thing is a lot of people don't recognize there's different times. I don't mean like that level of crippling despair, but there's times where you just, you're, you're in an emotional way. And even though logically, you know, like there's times where I've been angry and I'm reacting angry and just even in my head, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? But you've almost got this like in for a penny in for a pound. Like you can't just stop and go, guys, I I'm so mad right now. I don't even understand what I'm doing. You know what I mean? But I'm sure some, I'm sure there's a lot more people who don't have an appreciation for, you know, uh, not despair, but, uh, but depression, right? You don't have an understanding for depression, but you can relate to that. Like just sometimes you're so angry and you're like, I don't even, I'm just so fucking angry. Like I, I don't even want to be angry anymore. I just, I just, but I'm, I'm so fucking, I can't back down. I'm like, you feel like a caged animal and you're just like, I'm just, I mean, I'm in this now, you know, and I got to ride this out. However, it's going to, you know. Um, it's like that, you know, you, you call, you know, there's part of you that goes like, I just, I can't, I can't be like this, but you just, you're just in it and there's nothing you can do anyways. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of things, uh, working on, uh, no, that was funny. Hopefully it made sense though, right? The old George Carlin, if you're not going to be funny, be interesting. Hey, you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I'm just, I'm reading stuff. I'm, I'm like, I, I explained to my friends, yeah, Mika and Mel, we were chatting a little bit about it the other night. And, uh, and I just said to them, I'm like, I'm, things are not like, you know, Hey, super despair. It's just, I, I know lots of people who set goals. I know lots of people who function and I under, and, and it's almost sometimes too, when you talk about depression, people feel the need to, to tell you that other people have shit too. Like we don't know, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's no part of me that's like, I'm the only person in the world who's cursed. I used to have a manager who's like, whenever you're having a bad day, he go, Hey man, you're not the first, you're not the last, you're not the worst. And yeah, I guess like other people have shit too, obviously, but that doesn't mean that your shit doesn't matter. Like that's why when you're, when you're doing anything psychology wise or relationship, whatever, like to understand that everybody's feelings matter. Like one of the biggest things that happens to people is like, someone will be like, oh man, I had the, I had a really bad day. I had this, uh, oh, you think you got it bad? I had to like immediately people become competitive with it. Like all of the sudden 
you know, uh, <laughs> your pain doesn't matter at all because someone else has got it worse. Like there's gratitude practices, right? Like, uh, the, the old, uh, Buddhist, what was it? Was it, uh, was it Buddha himself who said, I, uh, you know, I, I, I once, I once complained that I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. So there's positives that you can, but again, a lot of that's logic stuff, you know, opening up a brain book and, and working with logic. Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's really not that easy. Sometimes when you're in the emotional state, it's the, yeah, I still have feelings though. You know what I mean? Like imagine if every single one of my North American friends, the second you have a bad day, any, or, or even just something that really bothers you. If someone just came along and went, ah, yeah, but people are starving in Africa and their expectation of you in that moment is that you no longer feel any frustration, any anger, any discomfort with that whole situation. You're just immediately washed clean and you're happy now. We all know it doesn't work like that. So the whole idea is that, you know, everyone is entitled to feel, you know, shitty about something at times, feel frustrated, whatever it is, you know, there's, there's perspectives that can help you out of it sometimes, but some people just have a lot harder time breaking that mental cycle to, to get out of it. Because like I said, a lot of that is logic based. And when you're in an emotional state, it's a lot harder to just pull yourself out of it and not, you know, just, Hey, just relax. That's why I I joke that with that all the time. Like. All the people, when someone says like, oh, I'm really anxious, like, hey, hey, bro, just relax, just relax. I go, oh, where, where have you been? The medical industry could have really, really made use of you and your fucking advice. Why didn't anyone else think, hey, just relax? Because it ain't that fucking easy, buddy. It ain't that fucking easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. That's the, uh, it's the Italian uh, version of that particular pharmaceutical. Hey, take it easy. Hey, take it easy. Hey, take it easy. Um, all right. Well, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I see. I think that's one of the things I, I mentioned too, with my shrink may as well just address it as I was like, I'm going to make this podcast funnier, a little bit, a little bit funnier. I'm going to stay, lay off the, uh, the heavy stuff or just the serious stuff. And that's what I really enjoyed about the shrink is I really do have an interest in sharing and, and, you know, talking about serious stuff and, and learning and whatnot. And a lot of people don't like that. I'm not saying everyone, and I'm not saying, you know, just never, but generally speaking, the things that I end up turning over my brain are, are of the serious nature. And yeah, the, the, the funny is just, I, I say it's like the, the exhaust fumes of that is just the byproduct of all taking these serious, deep things. I'm not calling myself deep, but just serious stuff like depression and mental illness and psychology and human interaction and all this kind of shit. And just thinking about it all the time and you process it with humor. Right. So that's what I said to my shrink that I would miss the most is just somebody that I could sit and chat with. I know that I get to, I know that at least for an hour I can have a serious conversation. I can share where I'm at mentally. I'll get a little bit of insight to it. I'll get a bit of an outsider's perspective, which is great. It's so great to have someone outside of yourself kind of listen to what's going on and sharing that. And that's something I'm very grateful for. That's another thing I'm doing too, is a, is a gratitude practice. So super grateful that I had friends who were interested in how I was doing with my therapy. I'm super grateful that I had friends that sort of listened to kind of some of the stuff that I'm going through. Every Everyone appreciates it and that's not, uh, or sorry, not appreciates, but is, 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 um, gracious in the sense that they'll sit and, you know, listen. And, uh, I'm very lucky again. I could be somebody who, even though I have depression, I could be someone who has no one to talk to. Right. And that can get very scary and lonely and, and, uh, you know, fill you with despair. Uh, that's not the case for me. I'm, I'm very, very lucky to have people who care. So thank you to all of my friends who I haven't seen in a long time. And, uh, and I'm glad we got to have some, some conversations, uh, in between, um, airdrops of children on us <laughs> in between, 
just be like, oh, I think it's, I think it's quiet. I think I can hear the ringing in my ears for a second right now. And then, oh, oh, they're back. They're back. They're back. Um, I got to go for a walk with my buddy, Simon, pick up some things. Uh, I'm going to see my friend red this week. So, uh, this podcast drops again, like an airdrop of children. Um, and not like Epstein Island kind of airdrop of children where they come in a crate and then you, you, okay, the kids are here. Let's go fuck them. Uh, not like that. No, no, no. Just an airdrop metaphorical as in, Hey, we're here. And now there's four children. Um, so yeah, I went for a walk with Simon. I'm going to, I'm basically going to visit red for a few days this week. Looking forward to that. She's going to record a podcast with me. And, uh, I had to pick up some, uh, some travel shit. Cause when I went to Scotland, they stole my stole. They didn't allow me my, my, uh, hair products and some of my shaving shit or whatever. And since COVID, I haven't had to use a whole hell of a lot of it. So now that I've been, I got all gussied up in the last couple of weeks with my haircut and taking care of myself. I got some, some face, uh, scrubs and shit in the mail time to take care of myself again. So I had to go get some stuff for that. Uh, I also received, uh, my new and hopefully last set of aligners. I've been wearing them for a couple of days. I, uh, took, I was actually just going to put them right back in my face before I started this podcast. And, uh, and then I was like, you know what? They've been cutting the shit out of the sides of my mouth and, uh, and my gums. Cause they do that for the first few days with the new ones. So, um, I, I didn't want to be struggling through that, uh, on the podcast. Um, what else? Uh, again, you know what? I got a new, uh, potentially a new job, uh, potentially, um, I had, uh, an interview and some questions and things like that for a job I saw posted for, uh, uh, you know, working for, uh, f- working in a Best Buy, uh, as a, uh, as a Google rep. So some of the Google products that they've got there would be, uh, be hawking those wares. So I would basically be in the same Best Buy, uh, for, you know, 30 hours a week or so. So I'm going to see about that. Um, sent, I, I had a good chat with them. They seemed interested, um, but it'll just be sort of a wait and hear back. Um, and I think I almost should have heard back by now. I might actually reach out when I'm done the podcast. Um, absolute comedy opens this week. So with the new announcements, uh, absolute is going to be open. I would have been there hosting this week, but I am going to be in London. So I, I just mentioned, Hey, I'm not available. You know, <laughs> sorry. Your first choice is not available. Um, and, uh, I actually, I'll be, I'll be interested to hear kind of how it goes. I'm going to be nowhere near any of the clubs. I'll be two hours further than the furthest club from me right now. So, uh, Kingston and Ottawa are opening. Toronto is not because they're, they haven't got the green light just yet, but interested to hear how that goes. And if you guys want to see a show and you're in the Ottawa or Kingston area, you know, you can go to absolute comedy as soon as they got that posted for you guys to see. Uh, been watching some Netflix, huh? Um, I, uh, I actually went to my mom's, I think this, I think this was after we were finished building the gazebo. I could be wrong or this was Friday night, but, uh, I watched Jim Jeffries, uh, new special Jim Jeffries, the Australian comic, very funny, does the gun control bit and some really cool bits about like atheism and stuff like that, that I liked. Um, this new special, not my favorite. Uh, I'm not going to spend some time shitting on it, but I think that it's called intolerance and, uh, the whole thing, which I thought was kind of cool, which is this, it's, it's the whole thing is this one story. And I kind of like how he did it. Cause he's telling the story of this date that he went on, but over the course of the story, he breaks and segues into other bits, but then brings it back to the story that he's telling. So everything's connected. 
But uh, I, I kind of found it fascinating how it went. I've seen that before where you tell a story, but I don't think I've seen a special where it's one story right at the beginning and then the, the whole thing ends with the end of the story and, and you know, everything in between. Um, he did, uh, I noticed that he wears suits now in his special. He used to be all like the, the jean jackets and the, or sorry, uh, the, the jeans and the leather jackets kind of guy. And now he's, uh, now he's doing the, uh, you know, the, the full suits on his specials and everything like that. And I think that comes from him doing the Jim Jeffrey show on, on comedy central. Um, so, uh, one thing I got to say, I absolutely, he did a thing that was, it was a short little bit, very short bit, but he did, a he did a, uh, Hey, who was the first talking about foie gras? The, 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 the story that he's telling us about this date that he went on and he's talking about how they have like foie gras or whatever. And then he starts like, Oh my God, foie gras is where they do this and that to the, the, the goose or whatever. And then he's like, who was the first guy to come up with that? And I can't remember who posted it, but very early into my stand-up career, someone had made the point that like hacky things are like, you know, airline food and this and that. And also a hacky thing was, uh, anytime you do a joke about who was the first guy to blank, right? So like, it's an easy joke to be like, oh my God, who was the first guy who thought of skydiving? Who was the first guy to, to find that shit coffee, Kopi Luwak? You know, who was the first guy to blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just sort of a simple hacky premise. So Jim Jeffries did one of those and I was like, ah, Jim, what are you doing? What are you doing, Jim? You're better than this. So as I mentioned, he does have the Jim Jeffries show on Comedy Central. Uh, Obviously he's not filming it right now. I don't think he is anyways. Like nobody's filming shit in Hollywood, but it's, it was obvious with the show uh, that he has less time to write. So the special didn't suck. It's just, it was just really nothing special. I can usually expect like one or two really funny bits from a Jim Jeffrey special. This one was kind of like, eh, it it seemed like that's the thing right now. He's got a show where he's got a recorded, you know, I don't think he does just one episode a week. I could be wrong. Um, but even with one episode a week, like he's filming segments where he's flown across the world over like his entire week can go to the, the, the filming and the writing and the, you know, production of one episode. And so you can really see that when a guy's busy with a show, he doesn't have time to write. And that's the thing with Kevin Hart, right? Doing a million movies and stuff like that. And then his specials are like, this was all written by someone else. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not great. And it's, and it's clearly written by people who are trying to, when you try to write in another comics voice, it's, it's just different. We got 36 minutes. Jesus Christ. Um, what else did I watch on Netflix? I watched the reboot of RoboCop. I started doing my, I was doing the last day of my tax reporting. I watched the new RoboCop movie, which I have seen before, but I don't, I don't remember if I watched it in really shitty quality or what, because I didn't really remember much of it, but, uh, RoboCop had, um, I don't know if you saw the original. It's a RoboCop. Here's the plot. It's a robot cop. You're welcome. And now you're on the same page. Um, basically, the, like it's. I don't know if you saw the '80s one. The '80s one was 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 fun. Um, stupid '80s action, but fun. Kind of cool premise. Um, was direct. The original was directed by Paul Verhoeven, who did like Total Recall and Starship Troopers and Basic Instinct and Showgirls. Uh, like this guy did a lot of like fucking, you know sexy action, blah, 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 blah movies. So this dude, uh, that was the original one. And it had like super R rating. Um, like it was, it was violent and fucked up, but I enjoyed the first Robocop. I enjoyed the second Robocop. Anyways, this is Robocop reboot. Huh? Huh? Let's reboot them. 
right? That could work two different ways. But uh, the new RoboCop available on Netflix. So anyone with Netflix, check it out. Um, this one, they did a kind of a better job of of making sense as to whole, the whole, why are there robots and why are they making a robot cop and all sorts of stuff like that. They just, they do a better job with backstory as opposed to the original, which is a cop is on the case, gets blown away by bad guys, and then they just stick them in a fucking robot. Uh, this one makes more sense. In fact, this one has a pretty... Pretty strong fucking cast. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Michael Keaton, Gary Oldman, and the 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 little person who played uh, Rorschach, and the little person who played Freddy Krueger, the little person who played somebody else in another movie. I can't fucking remember right now. What the fuck else was he in? Jesus Christ. All right, guys. Uh, I'm going to do some little mouth music here while I try to figure out who the fuck. There's a third movie that that guy was in, and I have to figure out what it is before I'll be able to to, to think. Okay. Uh, I know he was the new Freddy Krueger. So if I do Friday the 13th, or if I do, what is it, Nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, the new one. I think, okay, his name is Jackie. Or is it Jackie Earl? Yeah, Jackie Earl Haley. All right, give me this fucking guy. And he was Rorschach in The Watchmen. He was Freddy Krueger. He was in this. And what was the other thing I know him from? Uh, he was in The Dark Tower. I didn't know he was in that. Uh, that movie sucked. Uh, the Evil Within, he does a voice. He was in, wow, 2014 was Robocop. That's six years ago. Uh, okay. He, guess he was in that. Guess he was in that. Uh, Nightmare on the Street, he played Freddy. Oh, there you go. He was in Shutter Island, too. Didn't know he was in that. The Watchmen, for sure. What else was this little pecker in? Come on, I knew he was in something else. Uh, yeah, I don't recognize any of these things. All right. So I guess that was, I guess, I guess Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, uh, Watchmen was the only other ones that I, oh, that was 2009 too. That's a long time ago. So there you go. But he was also in Shutter Island. He was in Dark Shadows. He was in Lincoln. Uh, Criminal Activities, no idea. The Birth of a Nation, no idea. London, he was in London Has Fallen, but he's not on the poster. So go fuck yourself. The Dark Tower, he was something, he was in that. He was in Narcos, Mexico, TV series, and Alita Battle Angel. He's in an upcoming project, huh? Huh? Death Death of a Telemarketer. Man, that'd be a fun one to watch. Don't we all want to kill those people? All right. Well, that's his name. Jackie Monkey something or other. What's his name? Jackie Earl Haley. I thought he was more popular than he was. But anyways, that the, the little person who played Freddy, the little person who played Rorschach, the little person who played the little person in RoboCop, um, that fucking dude. Anyways, it was fun. It was like, I mean, that's a big, that's a big thing, right? Michael Keaton, Gary Ullman, Samuel L. Jackson, um, this guy, I think he's a ginger too. Um, <laughs> but he's a little pecker. He looks like a tough guy, but he's definitely a little pecker. Um, so I watched RoboCop, watch it, love it. Or don't, I, I mean, I'm not giving it two thumbs up. If you're looking for an action movie about a robot cop, uh, there's definitely, that's definitely that movie. Um, the main character who played RoboCop, no idea who the fuck he is. I uh, never saw him in anything before. I watched the reboot of Unsolved Mysteries. Again, please know that this is playing in the background while I'm, while I'm organizing and, and, you know, data entrying. Man, if I ever got a government job, they would have to let me put Netflix on in the background. Like I'll put AirPods in so no one else hears it. But if you're, if I'm be sitting there entering data all day, like I get why those guys shoot up an office. It's just, well, not why they shoot up the office, but just why they would, would turn the gun on themselves in that environment. You know, when you go into work, you know, you went in there with the intention to kill everybody else, but then just being back in there for like, and it doesn't take long. You ever notice it? These guys will go and shoot up the place for like nine minutes and then they kill themselves <laughs> just being back there. 
makes them want to kill themselves. You know what I mean? Like I, a lot of people are like, no, these gunmen, they always kill themselves. And you're like, I, I don't think that was their plan. I don't think they meant to do that. I just think, oh, that's going in the description of this one. Turning the gun on yourself. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I think, uh, <laughs> I think Doug Stanhope, um, has a, has an album or a book that said before it's called like before, before turning the gun on himself or something like that, which is so great. It's just like your last stand before whatever. I really, I, I, I do think there's something to that. Um, my point is, is that if I'm doing data entry, I need something to, to distract me mildly from the fact that I'm just doing data entry. So I put it on the background, but I started watching the new unsolved mystery series. And it wasn't until after I watched all the episodes, I, I think the trailer comes on last. So I was like, oh, I'll throw the trailer on. And it's like from the original team that brought you unsolved mysteries and the producers of stranger things and the director of something else that probably should get you excited to watch this, but doesn't really, I watched, there was like six episodes. They, I think these would have been better as like 30 minute increments. Like, one of them was all in front. They're like international stories, the horror house. And it's like the horror house wasn't really that horrible. They tried to make it like, like these stories were all going to have supernatural elements. And only one of them was, it was so stupid. It was like, it's like unsolved mysteries. But the whole point is like, see it. And then like, hopefully your knowledge of it can bring it. But otherwise it may have just been like, Hey, true crime stories or something. But they really were just stories of like, you know, unsolved. It wasn't even like unsolved mysteries. It's more like unsolved crimes, cold case files or whatever the fuck it is. It's really not as, you know, oh, what's going on there. There was one that was about a uh, UFO, a family that seen that, that claims to have been abducted by UFOs in 19, what, 69, I think was the year. And then at the very end of the episode, it's like, if you have any information on what might've happened that night, nobody died or anything. Everyone was like taken according to these rednecks and then put back. And then they're proof to themselves that like we knew something happened because once the aliens put us back in the car, my grandmother was in the driver's seat and my mom was in the passenger seat. My grandmother never drove. The aliens must have screwed up something when they were trying to put us back. They were clearly trying to make us feel like nothing happened, but they made a mistake by switching seats. I'm like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And it's always like, <laughs> that's fucking stuck in the, the, the aliens wanted to probe me. I wonder if they're, they're trying to, yeah, I, I can't even imagine this. It, it really is always like simple people, but then that's what happens when you live in the country, right? When, uh, when you're scared of books, just look anywhere in uh, the United States in the South. You know what I mean? They, uh, the further out they are, the less access they have to, to read and and, uh, you know, and then, then, then they see a light in the sky and instead of being able to use critical thinking to establish what it is, it must be an alien. Lights are only on the front of pickup trucks <laughs> and outside the fucking truck stop where you fuck the lot wizards. <laughs> Anything else must be an alien. Um, <laughs> even that seems like more reasoning than they're capable of. What an asshole I am. Anyways, um, he, <laughs> uh, yeah, stupid unsolved mysteries. Let's see. There was the story about the, the, the missing husband. Then there was the one I already can't remember. Uh, what was the fucking second one? I really can't remember. Then there was the, 
the the abducted rednecks. Then there was like the French one. Uh, what the fuck else? Then there's the yeah. Really, they weren't they weren't very good. They tried to make it look like they were going to have all this mysterious stuff. It was like it was it was really boring. It was really really boring. Um, all right, and then I watched Keanu Reeves, uh, a Keanu Reeves movie called Replicas. All this was on Netflix. Um, Replicas, where Keanu Reeves uh, family dies, and then he tries to uh, make clones and then install the clones. Uh, or sorry, install his family's like mental patterns onto these clones. So it's like, they never died. And, and that actually sounds like, like it was kind of set up, like it's going to be like a thriller and you even start watching it. You're like, Oh my God. In your head, you start like creating all these ways that the plot could go. And they kind of make it look like it's going to be like this weird, I don't even know, like, like they, you know, they come back, but then are they the same? It's almost like a pet cemetery, I guess. Not like they become like vicious killers, but just something's going to be off about them. Um, and then that never happens. And then it's totally like, Oh, happy ending. Um, so like, and I'm, I won't spoil it, but you know, even if you go, well, happy endings is a spoiler. I, you know, I don't think it is. I think it's like, you could tell right away. This is gonna be one of those movies where like, oh, the good guy's just going to come out on top. Um, and, uh, not to bring it back up again, but to just say that another reason that the last of us two, I liked so much, which is just like, you, you put people into such a hole and then you go, yeah, but it's, but it's a movie. So they're going to come out of it. It's like, yep. Um, yeah, that's what happens in a movie. Um, and, uh, and then, and not exactly what happens in the last of us too. Um, so, uh, but, 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 but replicas, which I would say definitely check it out. It was entertaining. The buildup in terms of like all of the science stuff they talk about, like basically he's a guy who like maps, um, like your brain and it's basically like copying your brain, your mental activity and your synapses, basically like making a copy of you, of your, of your brain your, your consciousness, whatever. And then he's trying to install them into these robots because it's like, you know, the soldiers who've died in battle and it's like, well, their body's dead, but can we put them in a robot? And then, you know, and then something horrible happens where he's like, I'm almost there. And then it's the whole, oh my God, my family's died. I, I have no choice, but to try to install it only instead of putting it in robots, the other guys with completely knows how to cl- clone human beings for some reason. And you would think, well, then why didn't they just try to put consciousnesses into like new human bodies, whatever. Or you don't think that and you're just watching a movie. Um, so whatever, watch it, watch it is, is okay. Um, last thing I'll talk about, um, I was uh, getting ready to record the podcast. I was making a meal in the kitchen and well, the, it's funny. Uh, we have this Samsung version of a Roomba. Jason has like five Roombas. He's absolutely uh Frisbee robot retarded. Um, sorry if that triggered anyone. Um, I mean, no disrespect, but Jason loves robots, little robot vacuums. Uh, he's got about four or five of them. Um, they work about as well as the ones that you or anyone you've ever known has had, which means that they kind of work sometimes and they're way overpriced and they're the stupidest fucking things ever. Um, they're absolutely ridiculous. Don't ever buy one. You're an idiot. If you buy one, they don't work. They don't work. They don't work. Um, it takes five and a half hours to clean, uh, you know, a small, small kitchen floor or a small dining room floor. Uh, they're dumb. They walk around, they bump in everything. They never seem to like, know, like, Hey, I'll just go back bump. Let's do a slight turn and then keep going. And that way I'll like clean all of this one side. No, it's then they bump into something. They do like a 180 and then go back exactly the way they came and then bump into something else and then do a 180 or, or they'll do like a 178. So it's like a slight degree difference. And it just keeps going back and forth and bumping into things. And just, it just takes forever to do it. I'm like, I could have just vacuumed this floor myself in three minutes. 
and said this thing is making noise for five hours. It used to go off at three o'clock in the morning, like automatically we just get out of its little cradle at three o'clock. And then we'd go downstairs the next morning and it was like stuck under the table or bumped up against a chair and just forgot. Like the whole idea is this thing is supposed to like do the floor, return to its base. If it runs at a battery before it runs back to its battery, it, it can find its way back to the base. Um, but no, we just go downstairs and it was always just passed out somewhere. Um, basically almost like you have this really shitty, you know, like you hired a homeless guy to do some work in your yard and you just come back and he's just always passed out and your hedge is drunk. You know, it's like, dude, you're supposed to mow the lawn. It's like, yeah, I just fell asleep wherever I just, I started and then I just fell asleep because I ran out of juice. Um, that's what this thing does uh, all the time, all the time. All of them have always done this. And then they don't clean the corners either because they can't. Um, so yeah, they're just, they're just the stupidest fucking things ever. Um, so for whatever reason, I don't know if Jason did it deliberately or if it just works as well as like Alexa and Amazon where, you know, you can tell it something and then it just does whatever the fuck it wants. I've noticed that, that, that Siri, um, uh, Amazon, okay, Google, all that bullshit. I've noticed that those things talk to me when I wasn't talking to them more than they actually respond to me directly talking to them. Um, but going back to these stupid robots, um, these vacuum robots running around, they've never, uh, they've never worked. So for whatever reason, I think Jason may have changed it to, to, for some reason now at noon, this thing comes off of its base and starts wandering around the main floor of the house. Um, here's the thing. I, I went in to cook my, my breakfast slash brunch, whatever. And this thing comes off of the base very inconvenient time. You're like, oh yeah, lunchtime. This thing should definitely get in the way of the dining room and the kitchen at, at lunchtime. Um, comes off the base. It, it, <laughs> you don't know the configuration of our house, but I'll put it to you this way. Um, the, the living room is, is large. The kitchen's just a tiny little offshoot of that. This thing never should have found its way into the kitchen. Um, well, it should have eventually, but there was so much, so many other corridors and things. It could have been in the dining room. It could have been the front hall. It could have been in the living room, but instead I'm start cooking. This thing f comes off of the, the base within two minutes. It's in the kitchen and we have like, I, I've told you guys before, our kitchen's like a hallway. That's it. It's like a hallway with cabinets on either side of it. Very small. And there's a big uh, floor garbage can on it. There's not a lot of room in this kitchen at all. This little fucker wanders into the kitchen and starts vacuuming. Um, and it's in there. So realistically, this tiny little, like 20 square feet total. And I don't mean 20 by 20. I mean like 20 square feet. So like two by fucking 10. You know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of room in here. This thing comes in here and it's in there for like 10, 15 minutes. I didn't like clear the room. You know, I wasn't being courteous to it. Like, oh, here you go. Get in and get out. Like, no, I'm, I'm in there. It's wandering around back and forth, bumping into the fridge, the cabinet over and over. It's stayed in the same four square feet for like five minutes. Cause these things are brilliant. Right. Um, stays in there vacuuming back and forth. And I'm like, if this thing comes near me, it really is like water rising or something where you're just like, this thing is getting closer and closer, but I don't think it's in my way just yet. And I remember like, I'm, I'm going back and forth doing my prep and, and one side to the other onto the stove. And this thing's just coming into the room slowly, but surely. And it was so annoying. And then it got, finally got in. And like I said, it was in there for so long. You should just be able to go boop. Okay. Bat like, like collect the data. And I'll tell you about this in a second, but this thing was in there back and forth, annoying the shit out of me. I picked it up and moved it over to another spot in a second. And then, you know, within a minute, it's back in my way under my feet, bumping into my ankles and shit. I got so fucking pissed at this thing. I honestly just wanted to pick it up and then put it on its back like a fucking turtle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just fuck you, you little cocksucker, pick it up, flip him over, get out of my way. And in the living room and back in the dining room too, I wouldn't have just put him in the middle of the floor, but it's just, just annoying. Like I've told you guys before about how 
I, I don't know if I have told you before, but whenever I try to cook in this house, day, night, whenever, all the roommates back back porch up in the rooms down in the basement. But as soon as I start to use the kitchen for any reason, everybody's going to come in and grab shit out of the fridge or, or scrape their, like take dishes that have been in their room for five days. And just all of a sudden now they need to get into the dishwasher and put them away or they need to scrub something or, or they're going to cook something too. Like, it's just, it just drives me fucking crazy. It becomes like times square in there. It's like, nobody wants it until I decide I want to go down there. And sure that might just be a perspective thing, but it happens every fucking day, no matter what time I go in there. So now all of a sudden, I guess they got the fucking robot on the thing too. I go downstairs and I literally, I was downstairs for maybe two minutes before this thing just hops off of its fucking base and decides to come in and fuck around the kitchen. Thank God I'm getting out of here for a few days. Um, but yeah, I was telling you guys about this thing, map it out and bump around. Did you guys know that there was, uh, I watched, I actually watched something on it where it showed that these like Roomba things, people are like, Oh, I got one with Wi-Fi. It's like, why, why would you want that? Well, I'll tell you, not why you would want it, but why it's got Wi-Fi is I saw this thing that suggested that these Roomba things actually map out your rooms. So like, again, funny enough, like if it's mapping out, then why is it not, not learning that there's something in the way and don't go back that way? So what it was do is it showed like this, this, uh, uh, what was it like the, the outline of a room and then it showed the room, but moving around and just sort of slowly started filling the space with green that it had mapped out, you know, like some sort of weird, like, you know, uh, spirograph or whatever, excuse me. So the whole idea was like, it's like bumping into chairs and tables and everything like that. And it's basically slowly learning like the size of your room and what's in it, excuse me. And people like, why the fuck is it mapping out our houses? And, and then one theory was that like, it's letting, uh, it would send that information back and then like Roomba or iRobot or whatever the fuck or Samsung Roomba version, whatever, like they would sell this information to furniture companies and things like that to basically let them know like what size of rooms, like the, like the average of what size of room people have, like for dining room and kitchen and, and living room and all that. And, and kind of what size furniture you have in there based on like what it's bumping into and whatnot. So it basically let furniture companies know like what products people have most of in their home and what kind of configuration they use and also stuff like that. Whereas like that information isn't going to kill you, but the idea is that like they're selling your private information, your, your, your home on it as in an attempt to, to make more products to sell to you or to, to other consumers or whatever, just basically like, this is how homes are that. So they're mapping your home, you know, just like putting an Alexa in your home bugs it and now everything you say so you better not talk about how you cheat on your taxes or whatever because you know all that information could get back to them i mean we do have cell phones so all that shit's always listening to anyways right you've you've basically said oh hey have you guys ever heard of those products blah 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 you've never googled it you've never searched it you've never done anything but you said it and then all of a sudden it starts showing up well it's, it's not a coincidence you know it, everything that you have electronics is listening to you all the time oh conspiracy theories and on that note i'm just going to shut the fuck up for this week we got close to an hour here um i i had fun this episode i had fun i enjoyed talking about the things i talked about and i can't wait to talk about more next episode we're going to have red co-host with me so i'm going to get my ass in gear i'm going to london ontario um i will be there from thursday till monday so i think we'll record a podcast with with red on sunday evening and then i'll have a, a few days off before, uh, you know, I'll have a few days in the interim. I'll actually have like nine days off before the podcast, but at least it'll be on time and you guys will be happy. Um, or I'll hear nothing. I'll hear nothing. And, uh, I'll just assume that you're all out there in the ether. Um, I hope you guys have a great week. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, contact the one man podcast.com is where you can send an email to interact with me and ask or tell or share or whatever the fuck you want to do. Send me, uh, some, whatever you want. 
You, whatever the fuck you want. I would love for someone to take advantage of that. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to go live my life. I hope you enjoy yours and I'll talk to you again soon.